Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. My name is Sierra and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. From my crazy life to yours, it's time to share our experiences and get into those gritty details. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. Today is a very special day because we have brand ambassador Mel here in the house. Hi. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, Mel? Sure. My name is Mel and I live in Kelowna, BC and I met Sierra a few years ago. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I have lots to talk about. Yay. (laughs) That's all I could ask for for you coming on a podcast. (laughs) It's the perfect match, really. So Mel today is going to be talking about following your purpose. So let's take a flashback here and talk about high school life. So what was your life like in high school? High school was interesting when the two like schools in my area kind of melded. So you really found your kind of group of friends that you felt comfortable with. And mine was definitely in the art room. I knew I wanted to be an artist. I pursued art pretty heavily. I didn't really pursue academics. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't it just didn't seem like it would ever be a fit for me. So I knew that I needed to go to university for art of some sort. And I had my high school art teacher help me kind of figure that out. Throughout high school, I worked on my portfolio and then ended up applying to Grant McEwen University in Edmonton, Alberta. And that was actually the only school that I applied to. So we had good plans. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you like pretty much manifested that, you think, hey? Yeah, I think it was definitely meant to be, especially when we got to the program and they were like, oh, for every one of you that's accepted, there's been like 10 people that weren't. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that kind of puts it into perspective that like you were definitely meant to be there, hey? Definitely. So after manifesting yourself into a new school, there's a lot to get used to, I guess, when you first moved to Alberta, hey? So you're in a new province, new school, new home, new friends. How the hell did you get through the first few months? It was definitely a new big experience. Like there couldn't have been more changes. But when I got there, it was weird how comfortable I felt like in a new city, maybe because I was born there. Even though I didn't live there for a period of time, there was just that sort of connection. Mm -hmm. I made a lot of great friends uh, at university in my program and just like within my campus because I was really lucky to go to like an all arts campus. So it was uh, fine arts, music, musical theater yeah that kind of stuff so made connections with people really quickly because we all kind of had the same interests and ideas and that like motivation and drive creatively so it was actually really really good for me because it was quite a change coming from the small kind of minded (laughs) community of Kelowna BC yes for sure I even had that when I went to photography school I I think I was the only local in the program that maybe there was like one or two other people, but I was from Vernon and a couple of the other girls, one was from Summerland and one was from Naramata. So like, you know, there's still like a few hours difference between everything, but it was, it was like, oh, all these people think the same as me, have the same goals and aspirations and we all want the same outcome. Yeah. It's so cool to see what can happen in your life and their lives when you're like all kind of feeding each other and yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's really awesome. So about six months into your certification, 
you had a big realization. Can you go into what happened? Yeah, so I feel like any artist kind of has this moment where you're either really feeling it or you're really not. And there was definitely a lot of anxiety surrounding producing like very specific works of art, you know, with guidelines and rules and all of that, like pretty different from what I had experienced in high school. Um, So I got a lot of anxiety from the whole project aspect of things. And I started to think, what's going to happen when I enter real life and my income is going to rely on like if I sell this amazing painting or not. So it didn't take, yeah, didn't take me long, six months. (laughs) And I realized that freelance artist was not the occupation that was likely going to be for me long term. Yeah, it's totally fair. Totally fair. I mean, I went through that as well. And it took me seven years, six years, something like that to become a full time photographer. So it's definitely you can attain it. But it is a lot of work to get there. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And when I went to university, the focus was more because it was a fine arts program. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in high school, I had a large interest in photography and sculpture. But in university, we focused more on like drawing and painting. So I did while I did like develop skills and am proud of like a lot of work that I did there. It just didn't feel like natural to me at like it almost felt like I had to push to like create something. And then Mm -hmm. even then, like just all the aspects of is that authentic and how is that going to come across to people and are people going to want to buy it like all of those ideas swirling had me reconsidering (laughs) okay so you finished your program moved back home to Kelowna and then what happened next I moved back to Kelowna because I didn't really have a plan post-university I knew I wasn't going to pursue art but I was paying rent to live in Edmonton and I had the opportunity to come home and live rent free So obviously we chose that. And my mom had some connections. And if you're from Kelowna or a small-ish community, you know that a lot of jobs and connections come from who you know. So my mom had some connections in a law firm and they were looking for somebody to just do like deliveries around downtown and photocopy jobs and simple stuff like that. And I thought, why the heck not? Thinking that this job would allow me to still have my creativity, I could just go to work, 9 to 5, come home, leave it there, pause for laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, a lot of those jobs, they're a lot. And I don't think people realize that you take a lot home with you. Because it's a lot of mental strain. <laughs> Definitely. And I entered into th- one of the biggest law firms in the Okanagan. And it was just, there were so many people, so many different personalities to adjust to and get used to interacting with. Um, very different from the type of people that I was used to interacting with for the last four years of my life. Just having my art group of friends and then going to university with those people and It was definitely a different scene for me. Mm -hmm. By working at a law firm, you found yourself at a really comfy spot in your life, of course. Money was decent, you had benefits, weekends off, probably paid time off too, which is cool. (laughs) For the first time in my life. Yeah. So all of these great things you get out of like being in an office job, especially a law firm. Can you describe how you felt in the midst of this new career? 
at the start, it was really rewarding because like you said, there was all these great benefits. You sort of feel like, ooh, I've landed my adult job. My life's going to start now. <laughs> but that really wasn't the case because when you get drained by what you're doing eight hours a day, five days a week, and you're like living for that weekend, it just the purpose isn't there and your mental health definitely starts to take a hit because if you're if you're a creative person and you have all this creativity flowing inside of you and you're sitting there staring at a computer and kind of following all of these rules I mean even dress code that was a big thing for me too <laughs> just all of the things combined you know driving downtown and commuting and busy traffic. I knew that art wasn't for me and then I kind of started to have the similar feeling doing legal assisting that it was to the point where I didn't even want to talk about how my day was anymore. It was rough. It was rough. Yeah. So some time goes by and March 2020 hits and of course we all know what happened here. <laughs> Like many people, you experienced severe depression and anxiety during this time. And even before that, obviously, you were struggling with a lot. So this really didn't help you at all. How did you make it through the beginning of COVID? Oh, gosh. How did anyone make it through? We were playing games inside of our house. My parents had moved home at that time, which that was the first time in about four or five years that I had lived with my mom and probably 10 plus years since I lived with my dad. So with my boyfriend also in the equation, that was an interesting time for all of us, all working from home. I don't know if I would say I really made it through the start of COVID. That was definitely a struggle. Work didn't handle things very well. So I was already kind of feeling miserable, not really enjoying what I was doing. Like I wanted to try to find something else, find a way out. And then they sent us to work from home and just handled the whole situation very poorly. So that escalated all of those feelings even more. And eventually I had to take some time off and I asked for a medical leave. And I did that because the anxiety from doing law from home with all the expectations of clients and lawyers and staff, it was just overwhelming too much to deal with yeah and you had no support because you're working at home definitely and there was quite a divide uh in the office at that time just in everyone's feelings of like should you be in the office shouldn't you be in the office what was the safe thing to do mm -hmm. um yeah it was too much so between you and your doctor, you actually decided that taking time off would be the best option for you. So with this time off, what did you decide to do with it? Well, when I first got spoke to my doctor and got the time off, he offered me some counseling um, because he was like, obviously, you're taking time off due to extreme anxiety and leading into depression. So signs that someone needs some help. So I was lucky enough to get um, connected with, I can't remember exactly the name of the clinic in Kelowna, but it was through my doctor. They just gave me a phone call one day. I did have to wait a little bit for it, but it was a free resource and I had five or six sessions. Oh, wow. And that was my first experience with counseling as well. And honestly, it was quite positive. The counselor that I spoke to was really understanding. And it was actually him that started to just bring these good ideas back into my mind and just kind of support that, yeah, I really wasn't in the right place in my life. And if someone was creative, they wouldn't be thriving in the situation that I was in. And I wasn't wrong to feel that way. 
So how did you make the breakthrough into getting creative again? I actually reached out to some tarot readers that I knew and I did some tarot readings, which definitely pointed in the direction of getting back into creativity. So with tarot telling me that and my counselor telling me that and my partner was supporting me a lot throughout this time too and could definitely see that working in an office was not a fit for me. All of these things kind of pushed me. And even at that time, there was an, there was actually another aspect to that. I had a friend who was doing my nails for about five years. And she decided that she was going to close her business before COVID happened. But then March came and she was forced to anyways. So I was trying to think of different things that I could do that would still be creative, but not like paint a big painting and wait, you know, maybe six months yeah. for someone to maybe pay you a thousand dollars for it. Like, yeah. so when my friend decided that she wasn't going to do nails anymore, she was like, Hey, you're creative. Why don't you give it a try? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was definitely intriguing. I used to paint my nails all the time when I was a little girl. I remember having like those long brushes that you could do little designs with. Yeah. And I would do like tiger stripes yeah. and like all of the, all of the shit on yeah. me and my friends. Yeah. And, um, the more I thought about the idea, the more I realized I was like, you know, this isn't like really far off. This is definitely something that. I could see myself doing, I could see myself enjoying. And she gave me the opportunity to try it out one day. And she was like, man, you need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> My work was really good right off the bat. And I just like had this passion for it. I just, I, all I wanted to do was sit in the spare room in my house and like paint nails mm -hmm. and f come up with different designs and just experiment and see what I could do. It's just really cool that you were given like this opportunity kind of on a whim, you know, like it was almost yeah. like too perfect of timing that again, yeah. like just all of the things that were kind of pointing me in this direction, like the fact that tarot was confirming that the universe was like, yes, you probably do need to be creative again. And then someone close to me in my life was like, hey, here's all these supplies yeah. and like an outlet for creativity. Do you want it? <laughs> it? It felt kind of like it would have been wrong to say no. For the second time in just a few years, you had another huge breakthrough. So you had this wonderful friend of yours give you this opportunity to, you know, try out this nail tech um, career. And I mean, you went off without a hitch. <laughs> so what happened next? <laughs> well, I was still working at the office for a little bit, of course, because I couldn't just survive off of doing like a handful of clients. But I knew that like there was a point where it was getting a little tough to balance both jobs and I knew that one was going to have to go. So by legal assisting and yeah. <laughs> hello, nail tech full time. So that was definitely a scary jump. <laughs> So from the office life to now being completely self-employed, I know it can be scary, isolating, hard to deal with clients, but it can also be rewarding, gratifying, and empowering. What do you love most about being self-employed? Oh, there's a lot of things. I love being in charge mostly of myself and my time and my schedule. And I can say no to things if I want to say no to things. Mm -hmm. 
whereas in the office, like there was always that pressure, you know, time off was approved by somebody else with the input of all of your other team members. And there was just so many chefs in the kitchen, you could say. So Mm -hmm. I was happy to be head chef. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's really interesting because like, this has only been just over the past year and a bit that you've been self-employed. It's interesting to hear from someone else that they were okay with saying no to people because that's what I struggled with with a really long time. People would be like, I want to do a shoot on Saturday at eight o'clock at night. And I'd be like, sure. Of course, at the start, you have to kind of be like that. But then you develop kind of the loyal clientele or Mm -hmm. more of just a positive reputation Mm -hmm. that you can start saying no to people and people will respect it. Yeah. Um, The people that respect you will respect your boundaries And it's hard to find those boundaries for sure. Absolutely. And I still struggle with that like a year, over a year into business. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one (laughs) of those things that like never truly goes away because it's so easy to feel guilty about certain things. But at the end of the day, you have to remember that you're doing it for you and not for anyone else. Yeah. Totally agree with that. So even though you have your own business, a dog good friend life. You always talk about your awesome friend (laughs) and a wonderful partner. Your ADHD makes you want to constantly be on the go. So what have you done more recently to help your busy mind and the need to always do more? Uh, That's a good question. It's a tough balance between when you want to do more than one thing and being skilled enough and doing those things enough to like have either clients or people coming back or like success just in that area because if you overdo one side of that you can burn out just so easily Mm -hmm. I've always kind of been like this so actually even when I worked in the law firm I worked with a small business owner based out of Penticton who sold jewelry so I used to work at farmers markets and doing that sometimes on top of my legal career the burnout definitely happened like you would say yes to a two-day market without realizing that now you were going to be working 14 days in a row just things like that and I still did that to myself even when I got into my nail business there was definitely times where I overscheduled myself and was overwhelmed so creating that balance between the things that you have on the go in your life is so important to just maintain and to not burn out and maybe not even maintain but like flourish and Mm -hmm. just be full So more recently, to find that balance, I've actually started working with a local coffee roaster who I met through doing these markets with this jeweler that I used to work with. So I've known this business owner for about five years, and last October, I decided to jump in and try something new and revisit my love for coffee and work in a cafe again. I used to work at Starbucks for seven years yeah but working for a local business is so different and a lot more gratifying hey absolutely like a totally different atmosphere than than what starbucks ever was (laughs) so you've known this guy for a while you started working for him and that recently led you into a really cool opportunity do you want to talk about that a little yeah absolutely so i'm actually going to be scaling back my nail business a little bit as uh, my boss, I guess you could call him, has come into a new opportunity and he just needs some more help. 
So I've decided to kind of ignite that passion of mine because I do love coffee so much. Um, and I'm gonna be taking on a bigger role and spending a bit more time working at the roastery and the tasting bar that we're gonna be setting up. Uh, stay tuned for more details about that. I'm sure I'll be posting all about it on social media when I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a few weeks off right now just because obviously as we've gone over, things have been pretty wild for the last few years. And here I am again doing another transition into something new. <laughs> so I know myself and I should just take a little bit of time. So I'm off from the coffee shop for the next few weeks. But I'm really looking forward to July to getting back in there and having another outlet and kind of scaling back on nails because I've been working really hard at that for the last few, last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, as much as I love it, we know that burnout is real. Yeah. And without those boundaries, mm -hmm. uh, it comes quickly. So you need that balance for sure. Yeah. And it was definitely time for a little bit of a change because, again, I just know myself. I don't want to ditch nails. So I need to have a little something else on the side. A little something, something <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> you have a little story that you want to share with everybody about back in your Starbucks days. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Starbucks. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of share that I had this moment where I think my ability to adapt really shifted because I used to be the kind of person that was so resistant to change. If I didn't agree with it I didn't want to pursue it I would detest it and Complain I just about yeah it. wanted yeah. no part of the change and I had this manager who kind of put me in my place one day and just said you know I know that you might not agree with this or think that this is the best move but this is what we have to do and unfortunately in your position you just have to do it and I did it and the world didn't end and <laughs> shocking yeah. <laughs> very shocking and uh it w I feel like after that moment I kind of carried that with me a little bit more when I went into art school obviously I was trying to do things that were original and be different and push boundaries when I went to legal assisting I would you know think about processes and is this the best way to do it and should we make it better is there a better program or things like that, push the envelope, make changes if we need to, because doing things the same way because you've just done it that way for 15 years isn't always the way. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't always the best way. And, you know, you see it with a lot of businesses and stuff too. Like they've always done it that way. And if someone comes in and they're like, we have to change it. It's usually the older people that are like, oh, Ah, no! Like, <laughs> Which is why I was far too young to be like 16 years old working at Starbucks <laughs> angry about the way we ground the coffee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I needed that breakthrough moment. Yeah, and I, I just think that's really awesome. And obviously it's led you into going with the flow and having many different careers in a short amount of time and that there's nothing wrong with that. And there's always going to be new opportunities. Yeah, definitely. I think it's crazy that society puts the pressure on you that when you graduate high school, you have your plan A and your plan B, and you're supposed to just pursue that when you've maybe never had any experience whatsoever in that field, and you're just going to commit to that for the next like 45, 50 years of your life. Yeah. That no. just seems <laughs> unfathomable for me. I think my longest, I, I was a legal assistant for six years, so that was like pretty good amount of time mm -hmm. but we'll see I hope that I don't fade out of my love for nails but maybe it can evolve into something a little bit different too 
maybe I'm not a nail tech for the rest of my life, but small businesses and locally owned businesses definitely have a place in my heart. So I think that's why I'm so attached to the coffee shop and who knows, maybe in the future, like small business investment is something that I get into. I think there's just so many possibilities when you kind of let go of all of those expectations and quote unquote adult jobs mm -hmm. and realize that there's money in different places mm -hmm. and it doesn't all have to come from the same place yeah. and you can be happy with less yeah. because when you spend 40 plus hours a week doing something, if you don't enjoy it, you're obviously not going to be able to last doing that. Exactly. Yeah. And guess what, people? Guess what? You can make money being an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. How about that? <laughs> Well, this ends another episode of The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. Thank you so much, Mel, for being on the show. Do you have any final words? Thank you so much for having me. I hope that this inspires somebody to like switch their career if they want to. Yeah. And just don't be afraid of change. Yeah. And where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at gel.by.mel. Uh, that's my nail page. And if you want to go and support the coffee roaster that I'm working with, you can find us at local underscore chemist. We are the local chemist coffee roasters. And I am gel by Mel. <laughs> perfect well thank you so much again and i can't wait for our next episode bye everyone thank you for joining the real talk with pillow talk studios you can find us on instagram at pillow talk studios and in our facebook group pillow talk studios exclusive vip group i cannot wait to share another episode with you soon bye